all good things must come to an end sometime. And unfortunately, the Rangers streak of 11 straight games with a point ended in Dallas. But it's okay. No need to jump off a ledge. We just poured a little cold water on you and uh, we're here to talk you down from it. Rangers have a grueling schedule coming up, but it'll be okay. We got Larry Brooks and the great Brian Boyle coming up. We're going to discuss everything, Thanksgiving memories, and some more on this episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. And it's starting right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the podcast. What's up, the Blue Seats from the New York Post? I'm your host, Andrew Hartz. And as always, we're joined by former Ranger, great Brian Boyle. And of course, from the New York Post, great Larry Brooks. Molly's off this week. She's traveling. She's flying. It's She's back on the grind. She's doing her thing. So we're giving her the bye week because the Rangers had the bye week last week. So it's, uh, it's, it's her turn now. But listen, Ranger fans, going to pour a little cold water on you. The streak is over. The 10-0-1 point streak, 11-game point streak, it's done. Our Temi streak is done. But that doesn't mean things are bad. And, you know, they were due for a game like this against the Stars, a 6-3 loss. And, you know, it looks a little more ugly than it should because of the two empty net goals. But, um, you know, the Rangers aren't going to win every game this year. It's the first time they've lost in regulation since Nashville back on October 19th. So it's been a while. Listen, we'll, we'll get into it now. We have plenty to discuss uh, we'll start with you, Brian. Last night, the Rangers obviously didn't get the win. They came out strong to nothing. Kako, um, had a goal. Trochi, another goal. His streak is looking pretty good as well, too. The Rangers were just due for a loss like that, right? Well, I mean, I don't know if they're due and, and I like their mindset that they're going out and trying to win every game. Um, it, look, that's not an easy place to play. I'll, I'll say that like there's different for me anyways, there's different places that are just, they, they present themselves differently, whether it's sight lines or the color scheme that it sounds kind of silly, I'm sure, but it, it doesn't, it has an effect. And the way the stars are playing this year, that's a great measuring stick. You look at the clippings or the headlines, like, you know, they didn't play Ottinger. You're going in there, you have a chance to beat their backup goalie, quote unquote, backup goalie. Why well, is their backup goalie Wedgwood? Uh, who's played really well. I think he's got four wins or something and five starts. But it's, you know what, you got to look at some positives, right? There was a couple, you know, empty netters. But when I say, when I when I was talking about the sight lines, I'm looking at like watching Panarin, right? And he's getting some looks, especially on the power play and a puck sails wide or he missed the net a little bit. It, it, it was like ice surfaces are different. All the rinks are the same size, obviously, but there's the glass is different. People might not realize that. Uh, different bounces, different. The boards are always different. There's different things that might not matter to a lot of people. They matter to those guys who are used to a certain level of consistency. And <clears throat> look, I'm not making an excuse. He had his looks, he had his chances, and you got to adjust and adapt. But I like the fact that he got his looks, had some chances to score, was creating on himself, was shooting the puck. I'm talking about Panarin, obviously. 
And yeah, it was a close game. It wasn't 6-3. There's two empty net goals. You know, you can look at Gustafson who kind of dished one to the middle for that first empty netter, but he's trying to make a play. He's trying to, you know, there's not a whole lot to to lose there. Another goal against doesn't matter if you have a risk to try try and create some offense. It's it's worth the play. It's worth the risk at that point in the game. So you can't I don't get hung up on those things. I think he he's he's been a big part with Fox being out. I liked a lot of things I saw. Um, kind of some weird bounces, some weird things. Pucks going in the net. It, it was it was a gritty game. I thought they played well for 28, 32, 33, 34 minutes. Dallas by far the best team they've played this year. They haven't played. Listen, you 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 play who's on the schedule. And I'm not diminishing their record. You know, they they have beaten everybody they've played, you know, other than the the two losses before last night. So you go out on the West Coast, you win five straight. You know, it, what what could have been a very difficult trip early, they turned into a positive and, and they, you know, they they created momentum off that. But they they weren't playing, you know, very good teams out there either. And, and you know, they beat Carolina at, at the Garden in a tough game. So, yes, that's the best team they had played and they beat them. Um, Saturday night in New Jersey, I don't care. That's always going to be a hard game. You know, oh, yeah. Ranger Devils games, Rangers Flyers games, Rangers Penguins games are always going to be hard games. So that was a challenge. You know, they, they passed it. And I, and I think they were looking forward to last night to measure themselves against, you know, one of the best three, four teams in the league. And they stood up well for, I'd say, a little more than half the game maybe even a little bit deeper than that. But I didn't think they were able to match Dallas's speed for 60 minutes. I didn't think they were able to match Dallas's maybe intensity for 60 minutes. And I certainly didn't think they were, I didn't think they played well enough in front of their own net. And I, and I'm not sure if they, if they played, you know, I, I don't think they control the net fronts. You know, they, they just didn't last night. Um, that was part of it. And, you know, so they lost the game. Um, I don't think Igor um, has been as sharp in, in his two games coming back. He was he was off a couple of weeks. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm really curious to see what Peter does about his goaltending now with three coming up in four nights um, or even four days, right? Three and a half because they play uh, Wednesday night in Pittsburgh and then Friday afternoon in Philly and Saturday afternoon at home against Boston. It'll be interesting to, to, for me to see how he how he how he goes with Quick and and Igor. Um, will he go with Quick um, in Pittsburgh? I think probably to guess, but I, I think probably and and then he'll split the games on Friday, uh, Friday Saturday. So who gets Boston at home and um, you know who gets Philly and, and you know there? You know they have some things to clean up. Um, I, I think they're. I think they're. It's disappointing though that they didn't quite stay with Dallas, especially when they had such a good first period. Well, look at. I mean, look at Ben's reaction after he scores, and, and you get that throughout the course of a season, right? And the coach comes in the locker room. We got to match their intensity. We got to match their intensity. Like, looked like his first goal he ever got. That, that game meant something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was a. It was a. It was a confrontation between two of the best teams in the league. Dallas won it. I think, you know, again, you know, when you're when you win as regularly and and you can talk to this better than I can. When you win regularly, issues, I, you know, issues don't necessarily become issues. You know, they're, they're just, well, they're winning anyway. They're doing this. They're doing that. But then even when you have one loss, you take a look and say, 
Well, they're not going to win consistently unless they get something from from Zabanaj at five on five. They're just not. And you know, then then you start to pick and say, well, they're not going to do this. You know, they're they're not going to keep winning if this. But to me, that's that's um, I think they need certainly need to get more out of Kako. And you know, last night maybe that that's a start for him. He, he scores the kind of fluky goal. Um, but but they're not going they're not going to be able to win consistently and win against the best teams in the league if they're getting essentially no production at five on five from Zabanajad and Kreider. And they're not. Um they're you know, that line, um they're responsible defensively. They're not on the ice for goals against. And Mika has I think the best plus minus on the team, he's only been on for three goals against all year, but he's only been on for, for, for five, five on five goals all year. He's only been on for five, five on five goals in 16 games. And, you know, he's, his shot is way off. I mean, he is missing the net both on the power play and five on five. So there's something, I mean, he, you know, this isn't new for him either. So, you know, I should say that he has gone, he has gone through, extended stretches through his career where he'll go 10 15 games maybe without a five on five goal um but they but he needs to correct this you know they they need him i'm on board with you it's but here's the thing which which is great in november right larry like it's great to play good teams and figure out what you have and what you need to address and you know you see it and I think more is made of this like president's trophy curse than people realize, but I do agree. Like you lose a game in the playoffs after you run through the whole schedule all season long and you're kind of like, ah, oh, it's all right. And then you lose two and you kind of panic and it's like, well, how do we dig ourselves out? Cause we haven't had to do that. This is a, a great way. Small details matter, especially when you're playing good teams and good teams that are emotionally invested. Now you can't fake being emotionally invested. You try to, and believe me when you're on the road or the, you play a lot of games, which they haven't, but they've been rolling. When you, when you play a lot of games and you're like, we got to get up for this one, this is going to be a test. And the other team's just been sitting there, like licking their chops, waiting to see like where they measure up against you. You know, if you don't have it that night, it's one night and you can move on. But that feeling when you get back on the bus, because you're on the road, it's different than it's been for a while. And you're like, okay, we got to figure this out. What just happened? Yeah. And, and that's the interesting thing now, because again, they had their quote unquote bye week last week uh, because of the way the schedule's made. But they're in in the stretch of this nine games and sixteen ga- uh nine games in sixteen days, um, where you have the Penguins, the Flyers, the Bruins, the Sabres, and then the Red Wings, you know, all within that span. And um it's like you said, like this this is the stretch that I feel is going to really show who this Ranger team is at this point. Cause well, I think it's instructive. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's dis- I, I don't think whatever happens here is, is, you know, dispositive. I mean, I don't think anything's going to be settled, but I think it's, it's going to be instructive for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it, it comes at a great time. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, they need to be, they needed a challenge. They need to be challenged. The front office needs to see the coaching staff needs to see and the players need to, to understand what they are. Right. So, um, I think I think this is a great week for them. However, it turns out that they are facing really one challenge after another. They passed it in New Jersey, didn't quite in Dallas. Now they go against uh, you know it's always hard playing against Pittsburgh. 
Torts guy has has the Flyers playing very very well. Oh yeah, does he ever? Um, yeah, um, they're a tough team. Um, and then of course saves you know, too. Then the yeah, and and Carter Hart's back, and you know yeah. he's, um, they're they're a tough team. I mean they they've they've inserted themselves into the playoff conversation. No no doubt about it. And were they second? Um, they're second. They second in the Metro. Twenty one points. I mean, it's logjam, but I just, I, yeah. So I just think that you know you'll you'll take all the information, all the all the raw material you get out of this week, and then you'll be able to have a little bit better perspective and and ha- you know you'll just have more data. You'll have more information about how guys re- respond and how they play in in difficult situations and when they're challenged. So I think this is a big week. I think. Um, but again, no matter how you slice it, they're going to need production from Zibanejad and, and Kreider, especially when you take a look now without Heedle, what their third line, you know, what their bottom six kind of is. And and the bottom, um, you know, VC scored twice in in um, in New Jersey and, and, you know, Goodrow scored the last goal last night. So they've gotten a couple of goals from the from the fourth line. Um, but they're you know, they're not built to get a lot now from their bottom six. You know, they're built with their top six and their power play. And when they're, you know, they're, it was interesting, you know, their, their power play last night was, you know, they, they passed the puck around, they held the puck. They, Dallas they doesn't give you anything through the middle, though. Yeah, there was nothing. And, Number and two so, in the league, I think. You know, so, so again, when, when you're, t- when you're, when, as the Rangers are constructed, if they don't score in the power play and they're not, you know, their top six is, isn't, isn't rolling, they're going to have a tough time. Yet, you know, it's a one goal game against Dallas basically until until the end. And so, you know, again, no, uh, you know, no panic, no need, but, you know, inter- interesting. interesting. I'll say this quick. I'll say this about I talked to I got to see Jimmy VC last week and I, I was really happy for him and his goals. And they were good, good goals last week uh, against the Devils. Right. And then um, I know it doesn't mean anything, but Barkley Goudreau getting one at the end. Getting off the schneid. Could mean something for him. Um, so you try to take, you know, you get another shift. Doesn't matter. The game's over, but it's a shift in the NHL. And he went out and got a goal. No celebration, but that could mean something too. You're not going to score. Your bottom six can't score every single game, but they're hopefully they're starting to figure out their role. You know, it's a new coach. And when you get less minutes, it sometimes takes a little bit of time to adjust to that and figure out exactly you know, all right, when's he going to need me? And then you kind of know, you start to get the feel of the game and what the coach reads. And, and you, and you know what, too? I mean, their structure has changed because they were built to be a kind of three-line scoring team, right? Yeah. With Hedl, yeah. who's going to be the right. second-line center, and Trocek is obviously an offensive guy who was playing in that third third-line spot to open the season. So they were, they were coming at you with a top nine. Now they're coming at you with a top six. I mean, you know, it doesn't work anymore. Everything Nick Menino is, he's, you know, he's, he's not a, you know, he's not a, uh, an offense driver. He's not going to drive offense as, as, a, as a third line center. Right. So they're, so they're a little bit different. Um, they need, you know, they, they need to figure it out a little bit differently. Um, they never, and, and maybe part of this is because of the contracts they were locked into and the cap, but they, they haven't had a shutdown line in a long time. And instead, they 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 opted to be a top nine team, three scoring lines. And even you know, last year, of course, you know, with with the kids on it, that was all right. This is our third line, but this is a scoring line. We want you know this. 
Um, they come in this year, they, they switch a couple of things around, but the third line with Trocek is still a scoring line. Now it's not. So they have to try and, and figure that out a little bit too. I also think too, you know, it's uh, interesting. Again, I, I don't think they controlled the front of the net very well last night. I, I think Igor's leaving more pucks around than, than normal. Um, so, okay. But I was I was thinking of Zadorov in in Calgary. Ooh, yes. But there's no there. You know, let's let's forget about the cap space. You know, let's say the Rangers could maneuver to get him. Not a huge number. But he's not. But he's not. But where's he playing? I mean, they're not sitting Gustafson, right? I mean, when when Fox comes back, Gustafson goes back to the left side. So they're set up right now too, without a without a big bruiser back on that left side on on D which they've always looked for. But now with Gustafson there, it changes it. So, you know, that that's something else. I was, I was just thinking about that. You know, with Zadorov, you know, he's the kind of guy I think the Rangers could use. I think a lot of teams could use him um, as, a, as a third pair guy. Certainly valuable when you get to the playoffs, I think, that kind of style. Um, but the Rangers right now don't have spot for him, you know. 11 and 7, Larry. There's no rule against dressing 7D. Mm. No, there's not. <laughs> I like the way you think, Larry. That's that's an interesting. What would a situation look like be to acquire him, though? Like in terms of pieces, the Rangers would have to give up. Well, but but again, I, I don't see where he plays. I mean, I, I don't think they're going 11 and 7 all year. No, and, no, 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 no. So I, you know, there's just no spot for him. Mm. There's there's just no spot for him, mm. um, unless you're saying you know we're we're going to change our team entirely. We're gonna we're gonna trade one of our our defensemen. Which right. you're not going to mess with the mojo right now. The way they're playing, yeah, yeah, clearly. But it's big boy hockey in the West. That's it. Just won a cup that way. You know, and, and each year, and when they lost to uh, when when uh, when the Rangers lost to Tampa two years ago in, in the conference finals. I thought that the the difference was the you know was net front, you know at Tampa was you couldn't you couldn't get to the front against mm-hmm. Tampa. I mean you know Ryan McDonough was there. I mean you couldn't get there, and Tampa just got there at you know basically whenever they wanted to. I mean they're you know their fourth line and their third line. So you know you go into the next off season and say well they they need to improve there, but. They really don't look at, you know, they they didn't really. And so they're trying to win slightly differently. They're trying to win with more skill. See how that works out. I mean, there's, you know, seven months until until we find out. Yeah, you can you can address it in-house too. You can, it's a it's an attitude. You can't, because they, like, I guess, it, you know, they had McDonough and Chernak and, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, even yeah. Sergachev's a big, strong guy, Hedman. They had, yeah, they had big guys. I mean, yeah, Vegas just, just couldn't get to the front. Vegas just so put on a clinic last big. year with gritty forwards against, you know, they, they they didn't let anyone near their net. I understand why Tampa had to make the move for the salary cap reason, letting McDonough go last year. I kind of I kind of get it, but I also didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was so good. He couldn't get through. He would be, he could not get he was an octopus when you try to shoot on the yeah. power play. I don't know how he blocked everything with any sort of limb he had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is underappreciated still. They miss him in in Nashville right now. Him and Shen being out, but it, yeah. it it's it is how it always was. It is in the playoffs. It's big boy hockey. It's defending. It's not giving anything up. 
and you control it however you can. We lost to the Kings that way when we were in New York. It's just how it goes. We lost to we couldn't get around the net against the Devils in twelve in the final in the in the uh, conference right. finals. Like uh, that's all it is. That's all it is. It, it doesn't change ever, <laughs> and the regular season changes and different lineups change and different. You know what? What could get you there might change sometimes, and getting to the playoffs is very important for general managers because the owners are happy. But at a certain point, when you're close, a piece here or there might help you win, and it might not be the sexiest pickup, but it's the value is. So that's why Zadorov to me is interesting. But he also is an enigma sometimes defensively, right? <laughs> so right. that's that's why he's this big guy who gets 14 goals in a season, and right, right, he might be on the block, and he's not locked right. up for eight years. So you know. Right. Right. There's a lot to it. I think they have time to figure it out. And again, it is an attitude of like, this is our area. You can't come in here. Well, that was a big reason why they brought in uh, Ryan Reeves a couple years ago too, to, to be more physical, to kind of, you know, be a little bit more of an enforcer. I see that out of Truba uh, right now. And that's, you see- that's you, you're on, you're on, you're on. That's, that's more closer to it. Like Revo would get you more space for some of the forwards like Lafreniere. I've said it a few times. Yeah. Played different with him in the lineup, which is which is why you get him, which is why he's worth the price of admission. Even if he's not necessarily going and, and punching faces, yep, he'll he'll yap at you. Guys will think twice. But when you're trying to go to the net and you're just wearing it, especially in a series, mm-hmm. you're, you're just wearing cross checks and you're wearing like any. So even when you don't have the puck, you're getting bumped. Like those that that's the attitude I'm talking about. It'll be uh, it'll be much needed, and you know we'll see that coming down the stretch here. Uh, Larry, you kind of did a good job talking Ranger fans down. From the ledge a little bit considering you know the loss last night but i guess out of both you guys here what do you consider a successful week looking ahead now because again we're, we're we're in the trenches now this is the start of it i'm not worried losing three <laughs> <laughs> not losing the next three well that's because <laughs> i'm worried about what brian said a little earlier where how you know you lose one game and then it's like all right well and then you lose the next game and then things could start to tumble here a little bit. And, you know, the Rangers have done a good job building up their lead in the division. Granted, again, it's early means absolutely nothing. But I do worry about because, like I said, Penguins play hard. Flyers are good. Boston's one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. You know, things could turn by the next time we have a show next week. Yeah, well, it's going to be fun. I, I think I'm not going to try to speak for Larry, but if you get some even some looks, some production or some, you know, driving play where. That top line at five on five can be a weapon, can be a threat, is is controlling, you know, the game and offensively just trying to make plays and, and creating. Um, you could run into a hot goalie, whatever it is. Uh, each game's different, but in terms of just the uh, the foundation of your team and how you set out to build them, if the top line's driving play, getting chances, the power play looks good, getting chances, keeping momentum, and then cleaning up the things around the net front that they got a little bit exposed to like that and bring that emotional investment, right? They don't have six losses. They have two. And that's a great place to be, especially with a tough stretch coming up, but it's great to have challenges. It'll be an interesting uh, stretch ahead. We'll see how the Rangers do again. Don't panic. We have a Larry Brooks here to talk you off the ledge. One last thing from the Dallas game. And Brian, I'm kind of curious how you as a player takes this. If, if it matters at all to you, uh, Molly tweeted after the game last night, in Dallas, that uh, the American Airlines Arena played, Molly but Molly, Mo- Molly, someone, Molly, uh, I don't know. She's 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 here, but she's not here. Uh, they played uh, the Frank Sinatra classic theme from New York, New York. 
following the Rangers defeat. And uh, I'm not sure if that got back to the players at all, but um, just just noting that the, the Rangers played Dallas on uh, February 20th. Is, does, is that something like that bother you as a player? Knowing that they're kind of trolling you like that? No, come on. Um, <laughs> poor Molly, just dealing with planes, trains, and automobiles, by mm. the way. We miss you, Molly. Anyways, we, uh, yeah, no, that's for the fans to get all bent out of shape about, which I think is great. Like, And you see it more with these mascots and these teams tweeting stuff out. I think it's... Not like when people get, they lose their minds over it. It's pretty funny. But uh, if it's brought to your attention as a player, you kind of, you remember it. I remember just like playing against uh, Detroit in the playoffs when I was at Tampa. They throw that octopus and it took everything in me not to take it, throw it back at the guy that threw it down. Like we beat him in a series and I just was giving it to him on the way out. Some unsavory words and I had no issues yelling at grown men who were fans yelling at me. No issue at all. None. There's other stories, but we'll save them. Ooh. That's that's what we call in the business a tease right there. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next, we're, we're going to be discussing some Thanksgiving memories. So stay tuned. We like to start. We like where we were going into the third period and didn't have a good third period. As, uh, it happens. It's sort of this. Back on the podcast here with Brian Boyle, Larry Brooks. Thanksgiving's on Thursday, folks. And, you know, obviously, Brian, you've you've had a lot of time on the road. You've you've had some some interesting different kind of Thanksgivings. Any sort of memories come to mind when I say play either playing on Thanksgiving or, you know, I mean, it's 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 a Canada sport. I mean, it's a, you know, Canada doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, so it's kind of weird. But like did, did you have any weird kind of memories um celebrating Thanksgiving on the road with well, the team? Can I can I can I jump in just for a second? Cause, cause, cause it, Let's hear I, it. Because I, I recall it. I I this I just remembered this. So it was I I think this was my first year. I was covering the Islanders. I'm pretty sure it was my first year. They they uh they had a game on Thanksgiving at home at the Coliseum. Um pretty sure it was against Detroit. And I had my Thanksgiving, you know, dinner with with uh, my parents, my sister, and, and all. Went out to the game, and they were very, you know, the Islanders were a very good team, 76-77. They were a very good team. They were, you know, they were they were young, you know, building toward their their dynasty, but they're a really good team. And they play they play that night. They got, you know, they they were awful. They they lost to a bad Red Wings team. So Al Arbor comes out and he says, uh, well. It's Thanksgiving, and we were the turkeys. <laughs> what is this? You know, um, but that um, that was I. That's 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 my uh, might might not have been good enough to stop the show for Brian. No, <laughs> I love it. I should have interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying. Larry had that that Lou nugget. There's no no holidays. No, right. in we, we were. I, I was actually working for the Devils at that point, and uh, the Devils were in Minnesota playing the North Stars. They played at the old the old uh, Metropolitan Arena in Bloomington. This was before the Bloomington Mall, and, and there was a, a a motel hotel kind of right across the parking lot from from uh, from the arena. There was nothing out there, you know. You're in Thanksgiving, and we're having a Thanksgiving meal, the team. And Lou stood up and announced, uh, "There are no holidays in pro spots." <laughs> And uh, there are no holidays in pro spots. <laughs> no. Even when there are, you just kind of have to rush through it a little bit, and your your mind's on the game as as an athlete. But uh, I don't think I was, there were holidays at, at, in uh, at, at Providence either when Lou was there. Probably I not. I don't think so. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what we called their rink? What? They called their rink at Providence. What? The, the coffin. <laughs> yeah. It's dark and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Yeah, we had. Uh, 
we had a few meals where we'd get in and whether it be the Wednesday, if we played on Thursday or if we played on the Friday afternoon, we'd have a meal, a Thanksgiving meal. And it wasn't home cooking. They, they did their best and we got everything we needed to eat. And we, you know, we're spoiled that way with food, but you know, and you're with your, you're with your buddies, and, which is fun, but you miss everyone at home. You're doing the phone call before the FaceTime and then FaceTime was around. So you got to try to catch up that way. And the great thing about the league, which I love is 24, 25 and 26 of December off. Yeah. Which for the North American guys is great. Um, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get home, it's, it really is uh, special, but it's, you know, we're, we're fortunate to play. There are sacrifices that you have to make, which is the way it is. But we had, uh, we had one lineup for me that was great. We had uh, Boston at Boston on a Friday after Thanksgiving. So I got to go home and spend a lot of time with everybody. And then about 30 of them are coming to the game. There, you got to remember this one. Uh, 30 of them are coming to the game the next day. We go into Boston, we're playing, we're winning. There's a delayed call against us in the second period. And we're winning this game. Boston's obviously a good team. Again, 30 people in my family are at this game. And there's a delayed call against us. And David Krejci cross-checks Taylor Pyatt into Hank. And there's no call. And we're going to the box, and I'm not happy. So I give Krejci a little cross-check. Knowing full well, Krejci's line mates are Milan Lucic and Jerome McGinley. And the D pair was Zdeno Chara and Adam Quaid. Yeah, not bad. Not so bad. in front of the net is me, Taylor Pyatt, who's inside the net with Hank inside the net on their butts, Mark Stahl, and pick two other guys, whoever it is. It's it's going to be me versus somebody. <laughs> and I'm kind of quickly assessing, and Luch comes in first, and I said, he, you know, I looked at him. I said, you saw what happened, and he let me go. And then again, let's like poking me with a smile on his face. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll fight him. And someone grabbed him. And anyways, this, the, scar, the scrum seemed to have calmed down. And then all of a sudden, I call it the hand of God. I get like horse collar from the back. And pulled out like I almost lifted off my skates and I felt like I was 10 again and I did something wrong and my dad was pulling me out of a pile. I'm like, what is going on? And I look back and it's it's Big Z. <laughs> so he gives me a little pop. So I punch him with a left because I'm holding my stick in my right hand. And then the C's part and everyone gets out of the way. And I'm fighting Zadeo Char mm. with my stick in my hand still. And he is gloves off. And he cracks me with one. Felt like a baseball bat. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I have to do something now. All these people are at the game. You know, fast forward. Didn't go well for me. Uh, he falls on top of me. Asked me if I'm okay. He goes, Brian, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, get off of me, please. <laughs> and uh, I took my helmet. I threw it against the glass. Anyways, they tied it up later. And then he scored. He had a Gordy hat trick. was first star of the game. And I had to go up in front of my whole family. I'll never forget this. Glenn Sather walks into the locker room after the game. <laughs> And he goes, look at you. You didn't even get cut. That's amazing. Great job. You didn't get cut. And I'm like, I just got embarrassed in front of everybody I know. Uh-huh. Everybody. And then the people that weren't there were watching it on Nesson probably. And uh, that was a tough That was a tough day after Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> but that's my Thanksgiving hockey memory. We lost they played another. They played another uh, Friday after Thanksgiving there. Um, there was a game where um, Bolesky cross-checked uh, – step uh it was late he broke his ribs and it oh. was a late hit it was no there was no call on the play and uh McElrath jumped in McElrath uh fought Bolesky and AV was coach AV was coaching it must yeah. have been I was gone yeah it must have been might have been 14 15 mm-hmm. 
And it might have been that year for maybe 15, 16. But so then, then they had they had a, they they played then and they didn't it wasn't a, a home and home, but they they were home on Saturday afternoon. And, you know, A.V. was kind of a pacifist. Oh, and um, he wasn't going to play McElrath in the Saturday afternoon game. But he, he was finally was talked talked into it, I guess, by Glenn. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it, it, was, it was there was always that line with tough guys on the Rangers when A.V. was coaching. It was like, do you go? Of course you should. But if you're not going to be backed up by the coach and I and and, you know, you can talk about, you know, what was the dynamic in the room when a guy did something that he knew he should have, that everybody on the team knew that he had done the right thing, but the coach might not have backed him up publicly for it. It's just so it's so hard, uh, even if you're really tough, it doesn't seem like you're, you know, fighting really affects you. It does. It's really difficult. I mean, we had a lot of brave guys in different ways, but that that part of it where you're bare knuckle and if you're not feeling appreciated, it's a really hard thing because your teammates will be there for you and, and express that. We had that with Prusty who fought above his weight class all the time, but I thought he was appreciated for much of his time yeah. by the coaching staff and he was an effective player as well. Yeah, there were guys that came in that would fight these big, strong dudes and because they were big, strong dudes, it was almost like, well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, no, it takes... It takes a lot. There's an emotional toll that it takes on guys, and that's well documented. And the players appreciate that so much. So when the guys are in and out and they feel like they're just kind of a piece of meat, yeah, I mean, that's not a great feeling, obviously, for the player, the individual, but also for kind of like, look at what he's putting himself through. He deserves a he deserves a bone here. You got to toss him on it. Coaches that could do that really could figure out the room really well, and you understood that you know nothing really is going to go unnoticed here. Is that another point to someone like Jacob Truba to what he does? Because I, I remember after you know it was a game a few games ago where he kind of said he's like, well, I guess I gotta fight this guy, you know, now and that. And it, I'm not saying it sounded resentful in terms of like he knows that he kind of bears the the fruit of being the bruiser of the team. But do you kind of want to see other guys step up in that role just to kind of you know take that that load off his shoulder, having to not be that enforcer in those situations? Yeah, I mean, it, it's so it's like what I was saying before about the attitude in front of the net it's the attitude as the team like if you get a give a guy a chop or even if you're yapping and every line's got a guy that's doing that it, it, it you need more than half just to have a little chip on their shoulder and sometimes you got to get into one and there's ways you can you can mix it up and and protect yourself as well and everybody should kind of know how to do that like we were an agitating team in the you know the 11 the 12 13 14 seasons like we were paying the ass to play against and because it was like, you get around our net, we'll mix it up. And it was nothing, you know, eight times out of 10, nothing comes from it. But guys were there. We're standing there. We're looking you in the eye. And if you don't get into it and you just kind of skate away, it's like, well, if I'm on the other team, like, we'll see how far I can push this, see much, how much I can get away with. And I remember as I got older in the league and I just started doing it a little more, kind of wanted somebody to come at me. And it was like, if they don't, I got a little more space. If, if they do, it's like, well, I, I should mix it up. I'm not doing a whole lot else here. You know, I'm not. I'm really on the power play. I might be on a penalty kill unit, but this might get the boys going a little bit. And, and that's just kind of how the league's evolved and teams that still kind of do it. It's like other guys might just be like, ah, I don't feel like it right now. That's why you see it in the playoffs where it's like, I got to step up. It's the emotions all, everybody's invested emotionally. Kind of just let it all out at that point. Well, we're all out of time here on the podcast. Larry, Brian, hope you both have a happy Thanksgiving to your families. I'm glad you're not going to have Zidane Chara. 
pulling uh, you out of the kitchen or anything like that. So that's encouraging. And uh, stay tuned. Wrapping up the show next. I've just been uh, impressed with our resiliency all year. And that'll put a bow on episode 133 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Before we leave, we got to dish out some stars here. Brian, uh, who's your number one star of the week? I got VC, Jimmy VC, who is give him a lot of credit. He's finding his way at a huge game against the Devils. A couple goals. New coach comes in, different kind of role. He's figuring that out. He can be, uh, I think he can be a weapon going forward on the, on the bottom six. Don't expect 30 from him, but he's got that offensive ability and he, he plays gritty. It's also great to see him do it against his former team in the Devils. Oh, yeah. You always love to see that. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Trochi. And um, he's now on a six-game point streak. Uh, it's either second or third longest of his career. We want to see him stay hot. He's been hot. And it's, um, it's exactly what the Rangers need, especially with some key pieces out. And I think Brian and I can both take third star with Artemi Panarin breaking the record. Uh, oh, unfortunately, yeah. his, his his record is it's, now that's it. Uh, it's, it's, it's over. Breaking the record for the most games uh, scoring a point to start a season. Congratulations, Artemi. He's, he's on fire. And even though he said he had one off game, he'll bring it right back, I'm sure, at that point. Uh, well, as always, many thanks to Jake Brown for producing the show. You can catch up on all episodes of the podcast by subscribing to Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You're watching a show right now on the New York Post YouTube page. Give us a thumbs up uh, and uh, comment back. What are you thankful for for the Rangers this year? I mean, I'm thankful that they had it. They're, they're off to a good start, I think, right, Brian? Oh, yeah. Labby. Labby. Oh, thankful for Labby. I like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah but there you go. You can also follow us on Twitter, xbribrows22, and I am Andrew Hartz without the E. So for Brian Boyle, Larry Brooks, myself, Andrew Hartz, we're back next week with another episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Up in the blue seats. Have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Take it easy, y'all. Later.